Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. I hope that you are well, and wherever you're listening from, I want to wish you a happy new year and blessings for you and your family for 2022. My name is Sam, and if this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. Even if you stay for one episode and you give me one listen, I'm so grateful for your visit and your time. If you are a returning listener, thank you for your ongoing support and love that you have shown me this year. It has been just an honor and a privilege to speak to you and with you once a week. Before we begin, if you like what you hear, Would you consider sharing this podcast with someone you know? I would greatly appreciate that very much. As many of you most likely did this holiday season, my wife and I just got back from visiting family for Christmas. It was a wonderful week in Colorado and went by way too fast. My family and I are pretty close and we enjoy each other. And for the most part, it was a pleasant and slow visit, which is just the way I like it as an introvert. However, there was something that happened that was both difficult and necessary. My father has stage four cancer, and every time I visit home, I wonder if this is the last time I will ever see him alive. He is on borrowed time. He has been receiving treatment for the last four years, and although his quality of life has changed, it has not diminished to the point of considering other options, at least, I think, for a while. On one of the days of my visit, my dad sat me down in his room and wanted to talk about his funeral and his death. Now, this is not new to me. I used to work as a hospital chaplain for five years, and I worked with a palliative care team, and it was my job to go in with that team and have and support these discussions with dying patients and their families. But doing it with my own dad was very different. I'm not his chaplain. I am his son. And seeing him wither away into his clothing and Watching cancer slowly take his body has been rather difficult. Tonight's episode is entitled, Preparing Your Loved One for Their Death. I want to change your mind about having conversations about death with your loved one. It is not morbid. It is not weird. If done correctly, it can be one of the most rewarding and loving things you can do for your dying loved one. We all have to do it at some point to some capacity. And my aim for you is that you would take this opportunity and not run from them. Now, again, it is not an easy conversation. No one wants to talk about or think about the death of a loved one. But it is necessary. And if not you, then whom? That is the kind of attitude that I would like for us to adopt as we delve into our topic for this evening. Now, there are many factors to consider 
like finances, which may not be something you can provide, and that is okay. You may not be in a place to provide resources for your loved one, and that is fine. But for every one of us, we can give our time and a listening ear to a dying loved one. My dad sat me down and told me his story. He was a runaway at the age of 12, lived on the streets of South Korea, fending for himself. He eventually became a leader of runaways that was his life until he met my mom. And he came to know the Lord and became a Christian after many years of running away from God. And I do believe that he is a genuine believer, having found the grace of God through Jesus Christ. He told me all of this. He told me his testimony. And he said this, Son, if I am ever intubated in the hospital, I want your mom to have the choice of letting me stay on life support or deciding to let my body take its natural course without machine intervention. I can't tell you how happy I was that he said this to me. Because medical power of attorneys will be helpful for you and your loved one when the time comes for decisions when they're no longer able to voice it for themselves. If you have a family member who is dying, would you ensure that they have chosen a person to make medical decisions for them when they cannot do it for themselves? Your loved one's primary caregiver may have a form for you to fill out each state recognizes a medical power of attorney document. Get that from your primary caregiver or your loved one's medical team. Fill it out, make a copy for yourself, make a copy for your loved one, and make a copy and give it to your loved one's medical team. Doing this may prevent family fights and arguments later on. I remember when I was a hospital chaplain and there was a family fighting and arguing and yelling at each other in the hospital room because their wishes for their loved one was split. One side of the family wanted to keep the person on ventilation and intubated. These machines were essentially keeping their loved one alive. The other side of the family wanted their loved one to be let go and let God take them naturally without artificial intervention. And all of this could have been prevented if the family had taken their time and helped the dying loved one choose a medical power of attorney. So if your loved one has not done this yet, would you consider that this is one way to prepare your loved one for their death? If your loved one has not chosen a person, kindly and gently ask them what their wishes are if they are ever unable to speak for themselves and make decisions for their health. Let them know that by choosing one person, they're giving the family a gift and helping them fulfill their wishes regarding their own death. If you feel that you want a professional to have this conversation with your loved one, you can always ask the hospital chaplain to drop by, and he is specifically trained to have these conversations. My conversation with my dad lasted no more than 20 minutes, but we covered a lot of ground. During this time, I wasn't argumentative or pushed back on his wishes. I stayed quiet for the most of the time, and I was in receiving mode. 
When we prepare a loved one for their own death, the best thing we can do is to slow down and not make it about us. Because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's really about your loved one. No one wants to talk about their own death, and your loved one will need you to stay focused on what is most important during the sunset season in their lives, and they may need you to help them make this final walk home. So take time to listen and see what their wishes are, and as much as you can, offer them a listening ear and a loving presence. Don't try to rush them through this process because they've never done this before and most likely neither have you. It's all right not to know what to say or how to respond. Tell them you love them and if appropriate, hold their hand and offer them the warmth of a loving human touch. I must have hugged my dad more times this visit than I've ever hugged him in my entire life. Now, you may not come from a family that shows physical affection. Absolutely, my dad is not one of those people. And that is okay. I hugged him anyways. Uh, But how do you show love? Whatever works for your family, do a lot of that. Your family member may need several conversations spread out through many visits. As much as you can, be there for them during those ongoing conversations. The last time I visited home, my dad took me to the place where he wants to be buried. We walked the green grass of the local cemetery where he lives by, and I actually took a picture of him at the spot where he will eventually be laid down into his casket. What do you think about that? Do you think that these are realistic ways for you to prepare your loved one for their death? Uh, Let me know your thoughts. These are some of the ways that I have prepared my dad for his death. But let me tell you the best way that you and I can prepare a loved one beyond any of the other preparations that we can provide for them. You can share the gospel with them. If your loved one is not a Christian, they are most likely having many questions about the afterlife and the beyond. And this is a great opportunity for you to address some hard questions and conversations and gently offer the gospel. Here's why. As a Christian, death is not an end. It is only the beginning. However, if you are not a Christian, this life on earth is as close to heaven as they will ever get. Death should be feared for a non-Christian. However, for a Christian, death is a new beginning. As a Christian, death and dying is very different compared to someone who does not know Jesus. You see, in Christ, death is not an end. In Jesus, we go from death to new life. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in his letter to the Philippians. He said, For to me... To live is Christ and to die is gain. Let me say that again because it goes fast. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That is found in the first chapter of the book of Philippians, verse 21. If you are ever going to memorize a verse, that is the verse to memorize. It is short, but it is powerful in its truth. The verse is quite interesting because there is a clause. 
If the first part of the verse is true, then the second part of that verse is also true. However, if the first part of the verse is not true, then the second part of that verse is also not true. You can't have one without the other. Paul says, For to me to live is Christ. I just find it mind-blowing that he wrote this in prison. As you know, Paul was in prison for sharing the gospel, and as an incarcerated man, he wrote this in prison. And he says, for me to live is Christ. What does that mean? Well, to live is Christ means that nothing in life matters more than Jesus. You've heard of the question, what is the purpose of life? And for the apostle Paul, Jesus is the point of all life. But as you know, he wasn't always this way. There was a time when the Apostle Paul traveled from place to place, arresting and taking the lives of Christians and giving approval to their death. He did this because he thought this was the right thing to do and what pleased God. He believed that all of his achievements, his hard work, his title, his status, his wealth, his learning, his intellect, and his actions earned him God's favor. He thought that observing the law and for, quote, being a good person, unquote, was the way to please God. He believed that all of his hard work would pay off in salvation. But Jesus met him on his road to Damascus and not only changed his life, but gave him new life. You see, Paul finally understood that Jesus bore God's wrath on himself and bore the sin of the world in himself. He forgave us and made us alive. He suffered for us and bore our sins, and he was wounded that you and I might be healed. He gave us his Holy Spirit, and right now, Jesus is interceding for us to the Father. He is conforming us and building us into his likeness. Paul finally understood that it wasn't his merit or his hard work that saved him. It was by the sheer grace and mercy of Jesus. And Jesus satisfies the deepest desires of our hearts. And to really live is to fully surrender, to fully trust, to fully hope in Jesus. Friends, it's not about spending hours in meditation that saves you. It's not about keeping a set of rules that save you. It is trusting that Jesus has done all that was required in your place and trusting in him as Savior and Lord and receiving the gift of faith that saves you. It's not about you. It's what he has done. Jesus has lived the life that you and I could never live because he was perfect and he died the death that you and I deserve. And to really live, is not more money or a big house or a career or a large family or marriage. To really live, to really truly live is Jesus. If that is true for you, then the second half of verse 21 is also true for you. To die is gain. How on earth is dying ever gain? How can dying be a benefit? How can dying ever be good? 
The greatest gain of the believer in death is at the moment of their death, he or she will be with Jesus. Can you imagine that being with Jesus, literally, finally seeing him face to face? You know, your loved one in the season that they are in are having questions about the afterlife and what gift would it be if you were to prepare them by sharing the gospel? We know from the first half of our text today that a believer's life looks very different than a non-believer's life. And just as that is true, a believer's death is also very different than a non-believer's death. For the unbeliever, death is a loss. But for the Christian, death is gain. Let me just say that one more time. Only Christians can make the claim that death is better. A non-believer cannot say the same thing because this life is the best that they can ever have. Only those that have put their faith in Christ can say what Paul is saying. That death is gain. I want us to understand something very important about this verse and the two parts of it. When Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, he's implying something. He's saying, if for me to enjoy and love Christ, then and only then is death gain. But if to live is not Christ, then death is only the beginning of pain, for only more pain awaits you. If the first part of this text is not true for you or your loved one, then to die is the most fearful event in their lives. Because an eternity of separation apart from Jesus awaits your loved one. So do you, do you see why that this is the best way to prepare your loved one? If Jesus is not their life, then to die is to be in hell. If Jesus is not their life, if Jesus is not their Lord and Savior, if they don't believe that Jesus died the death that they deserve, and he lived the perfect life that we could never live, then they need to know that this life here on earth is as close to heaven as they will ever get. To think that this is heaven for the unbeliever is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Because for a Christian, this earth is a glimpse of what hell is like. So for a Christian, death really is gain. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came on a rescue mission for us and your loved one. He came to take the wrath of God fully in our place. And for those who put their faith in him, he will save your loved one. I encourage you to share the gospel with them. Whether they say yes or no is not up to you, but sharing the gospel with a dying family member is the best way to prepare them for their death. Do this gently. Do it prayerfully. Do it out of love. But do it. If you're able, would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you give us opportunities to help our loved ones prepare for their death. Death does not have to be scary because in you, Jesus, death is only the beginning to new life. God, give us wisdom and help us to prepare our loved ones in the best way we can. But out of all the ways, give us opportunities to share the gospel with them. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Well, that is it for me tonight. I want to thank you for joining me again this evening. Have a most wonderful New Year Day. And again, if you like what you hear, please share this podcast with someone you know. And like always, peace and blessings. Good night. Thank you.